Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hey Dave. Yeah Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey everyone, great to be back. The reason I took some time off was to get up to date on some stuff in my personal world, which had been neglected partly due to the time I've been investing in the podcast. Unfortunately, I didn't get that much done because work has just been blowing up at this time of year. So much so that I've actually been working most Saturdays, which I really don't like doing. Uh, But look, if the work's there, I, I should take advantage of it, I guess. Plus, I I do get some satisfaction helping my loyal and long-term clients at this super busy time of year. Everyone's rushing around pre-Christmas, and if I can help in a little way, I do get value from that. So even if it does take a bit of a toll on me and in my available free time, I'm I'm still sort of going to do it. So anyway, I was actually planning on doing a different episode today, one which I think a lot of people are going to find interesting and hopefully useful and informative But there is so much research involved in this episode, I just knew I wouldn't get it done in time, and I really wanted to release an episode this week. So far, I think I'm about halfway through my research, and I've already accumulated about 31 pages of notes. So it's pretty hectic, and I think it'll be a really great episode. I'll I'll probably have to bust it up into two, two episodes. It's going to probably be a long one, but we'll see how we go with that. And because we're right on the doorstep of Christmas, I might have to take another week off after this episode to, you know, to get that episode done. Um, still not 100% sure if I'll get it done in the next week or two, uh, because like a lot of you guys, it's a really chaotic time of year for work and for family and all that sort of stuff. And I will be working the whole time, only taking time off on Sundays and public holidays. So bear with me, I will get it done. But at the same time, I don't want to kill myself in the process. So... Today's episode was one I've brought forward from the Future Pipeline, and that's self-love with self-worth. This is more or less a continuation from the episode Self-Love with Self-Discipline, so I think you'll be able to take away some good information. I'll be explaining the meaning behind self-worth and the differences between that and self-esteem and self-confidence. We'll look at the psychology of self-worth and what determines it, and I'll throw in some examples so you guys get a better understanding overall. So... Without further ado, what is the meaning of self-worth and self-value? Self-worth and self-value are two related terms that are often used interchangeably. Having a sense of self-worth means that you value yourself, and having a sense of self-value means that you are worthy. The differences between the two are minimal enough that both terms can be used to basically describe the same general concept. However, I'll provide both definitions so you can see where they differ. So, Self-worth is defined as a feeling that you're a good person who deserves to be treated with respect, 
And on the other hand, self-value is more behavioral than emotional, more about how you act towards you know, what you value, including yourself, rather than how you feel about yourself compared to others. So self-worth versus self-esteem. Similarly, there is not a huge difference between self-worth and self-esteem, especially for those of you who are not professionals in the field of psychology. In fact, the first definition of self-worth in, in some dictionary websites is simply self-esteem. Another dictionary definition of self-esteem is thinking well of oneself, in other words, self-respect, while self-worth is defined as a favorable estimate or opinion of oneself, and again, self-esteem. So clearly, many of these terms are used to talk about the same ideas, but for those deeply immersed in these concepts, there is a slight difference, right? So self-esteem is what we think and feel and believe about ourselves, and self-worth is recognizing I am greater than all of those things. It's a deep knowing that you are of value, that you are lovable, necessary to this life, and of considerable worth. So let's have a look at self-worth versus self-confidence. In the same vein, there are subtle but significant differences between self-worth and self-confidence. Self-confidence is not an overall evaluation of yourself, but a feeling of confidence and competence in more specific areas. For example, you could have a high amount of self-worth but low self-confidence when it comes to, say, certain sports, certain subjects in school, or, say, um, your, like your ability to learn a new language. It's not necessary to have a high sense of self-confidence in every area of your life. There are naturally some things that you will simply not be that good at and other areas where you know, you'll totally kick ass, right? The important thing is to have self-confidence in the activities in your life that matter to you and a high sense of self-worth overall. So what's the psychology of self-worth? In psychology, the concept of self-worth may be a less popular research topic than self-esteem or self-confidence, but that doesn't mean it's any less important. Self-worth is at the very core of our very selves, our thoughts, our feelings and behaviors. They're all intimately tied into how we view our worthiness and value as human beings. So there's, there's something called self-worth theory. So what's that? Basically, the self-worth theory posits that an individual's main priority in life is to find self-acceptance, and that self-acceptance is often found through achievement. In turn, achievement is often found through competition with others. Therefore, the logical conclusion is that competing with others can help us feel like we have an impressive achievement under our belt, which then makes us feel proud of ourselves and enhances our acceptance of ourselves. The theory holds that there are essentially four main elements of the self-worth model. One is ability, two is effort, three is performance, and four is self-worth. The first three interact with each other to determine your level of self-worth. Your ability and effort predictably have a big impact on performance, and all three contribute to your feeling of worth and value. Now, while this theory represents a good understanding of self-worth as we tend to experience it, it is unfortunate that we place so much emphasis on our achievements. Aside from competing and winning against others, there are many factors that can contribute to our sense of self-worth. So what determines our self-worth? Well, according to the self-worth theory, self-worth is determined mostly by our self-evaluated abilities and our performances in one or more activities that we deem valuable. However, people commonly use other things to measure their self-worth. Here are five of the top factors that people use to measure and compare their own self-worth to the worth of others. 
One is appearance. Whether measured by the number on a scale, the size of clothing that you wear, or the kind of attention received by others. Two, your net worth. This can mean your income, your material possessions, your financial assets, or all of the above. Number three, who you know, as in your social circle. Some people judge their own value and the value of others by their status and what important and influential people they know. This in particular has very little meaning to me personally. Number four, what you do or you know your career. We often judge others by what they do. For example, a doctor is often considered more successful and valuable than say a cleaner or a teacher. But as far as I'm concerned, you can take pride in doing anything well. I've often said to people that I'd rather be the world's best toilet cleaner than the world's worst scientist. Number five, what you achieve. As, as I've noted earlier, we frequently use achievements to determine someone's worth, whether it's our own worth or someone else's. And that can be you know, success in business, the university or college grades, how they placed in a marathon or some sort of athletic challenge. So basically to summarize, achieving goals is great and it feels fantastic to cross off things on your to-do list, but it doesn't have a direct relationship with your worth as a human being. Your job, it doesn't matter what you do. What matters is that you do it well and that you get some sort of value out of it. I, for example, like my job slash my business, but I don't necessarily love it. I love the independence it gives me. I love being in control of my scheduling. I love the financial security it gives me. I love the hours I work. So when you add it all up, that gives me value. It gives me satisfaction. Now, your social media following. It doesn't matter how many people think you're worthy of a follow or a retweet. It can be enlightening and healthy to consider the perspective of others, but their opinions have no impact on your or our innate value. Your age. You aren't too young or too old for anything, within reason, obviously. Your age is simply number, and that does not factor into your value as a human being. Other people. As noted already, it doesn't matter what other people think or what other people have done or accomplished. Your personal satisfaction and fulfillment are much more important than what others are thinking, saying, or doing. One of the greatest things I've ever accomplished was to learn how to just not give a fuck about what other people think. Obviously, I care about how people see me, but only people I love and respect and care about. Right, how far can you run? Your daily runtime is one of the least important factors of your self-worth, or for anything else for that matter. But if you enjoy running and feel fulfilled by improving your time, good for you. If not, still good for you. Your ability to run does not determine your self-worth. Your grades. We all have different strengths and weaknesses, and some of us are simply just not cut out for school. This has no bearing on our value as people. And a straight A student is just as valuable and worthy as a straight F student or someone who drops out of school entirely. The number of friends you have. Your value as a human being has absolutely nothing to do with how many friends or connections you have. The quality of your relationships is what's really important. Your relationship status. Whether you're single, casually dating, in a committed relationship, your value is exactly the same. Your relationship status doesn't alter what you're worth. Money, or the lack of, whatever you have in the bank. If you have enough money to physically survive, which can actually be zero dollars, then you've already achieved the maximum amount of worth you can get out of money. Your likes. It doesn't matter if you have good taste or not. 
if your friends and acquaintances think you're sophisticated, or if you have an eye for the finer things. Your worth is exactly the same either way. This is where we get down to brass tacks. You're the only one who determines your self-worth. And if you believe you're worthy and valuable, you are worthy and valuable. Even if you don't believe you're worthy and valuable, guess what? You're still worthy and valuable. So what are some examples of healthy self-worth? You might be thinking, all right, I know what does and doesn't and you know shouldn't determine self-worth, but what does healthy self-worth really look like? Given what we know about you know, the, the determinants of self-worth, let's read into a few examples. Right? So Joe is not a great student. He gets mostly B's and C's, even when he spends a lot of time studying. He didn't get a great score on his end-of-year exams, and he's an average reader, a struggling writer, and definitely not a great mathematician. Even though Joe wishes he had better grades, he still feels pretty good about himself. He knows that grades aren't everything, and that he's just as valuable a person as his friends who are getting straight A's. Joe has a high sense of self-worth and a realistic view of himself and his abilities. Next, let's consider Jody. Jody has a wide variety of interests, including marathons, she attends book clubs, she plays weekly at trivia with her friends and enjoys meeting new people. Jody is not particularly good at running and has never placed in a marathon. She's a slow reader and frequently misses the symbolism and, and the theme of the book club that other members seem to pick up on. She only answers about 10% of the trivia questions correctly and frequently leans on her friend's knowledge. Finally, she loves to talk to new people, but sometimes she gets blown off and ignored. Despite all of that, she still believes that she's worthy and valuable. She knows that her worth as a human being is not dependent on her ability to run, her ability to read or play trivia or to make new friends. Whether she is great or terrible or somewhere in between at each of her vast range of chosen activities, she still knows that she's still worthy of happiness. She's still worthy of fulfillment and love. So finally, let's consider the case of Mark. Mark is an excellent salesman and frequently outsells most of the other people in his company, but one co-worker seems to always be just a little bit better than him. He's also a keen tennis player and frequently competes in tournaments. Sometimes he gets first or second place, but usually he doesn't place at all. Even though he's not the best at his job or at his favourite hobby, Mark still feels that he's valuable. He thinks he's smart, he thinks he's talented and successful, even though he's not the smartest, even though he's not the most talented or the most successful, but he's okay with that. Joe, Jody, and Mark all have healthy levels of self-worth. They have varying levels of abilities and talents, and they get a wide range of results from their efforts, but they all understand that what they do is not who they are. No matter whether they win awards or garner accolades for their performances or not, they still have the same high opinion of their value as a person. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So how do we find self-worth and, and value yourself more? If these examples sound desirable to you and you wish you were more like Joe, Jody, or Mark, there is hope. There are things you can do to boost your sense of self-worth and to ensure that you value yourself like you ought to be valued as a full, complete, and wonderful human being that is deserving of love and respect no matter what. So how do we build self-worth in adolescence? As with most lifelong traits, it's best to start early. If you know any adolescents, teenagers, whatever you want to call them, be sure to encourage them to understand and accept their own self-worth reinforce their value as a human being in other words make sure they know that they are valuable for who they are not what they do if you need more specific ideas on how to boost an adolescent self-worth here are some strategies first of all you're going to want to provide unconditional love respect and a positive regard give adolescents opportunities to experience success showing a teenager unconditional love if you're a parent or a family member or even just a close friend or you know, un- unconditional respect and positive regard. If you're a teacher or a mentor, it's the best way to teach them self-worth. If you show a teenager that you love and appreciate them for exactly who they are and what they are, they will learn that it's okay to love yourself for exactly who and what they are. If you can demonstrate that they don't need to achieve anything to earn your love and respect, they'll be much less likely to put unnecessary parameters on their own lives, on their own self-love and their self-respect. And further to that, one way that we can gain a healthy sense of self-worth is through early and frequent experiences of success. Successful experiences boost our sense of competency and mastery and make us feel just plain good about ourselves. So successful experiences also open the door for taking healthy risks and, and the success often follows that. Don't just tell a teenager that they're worthy and valuable. Help them believe it by giving them every opportunity to succeed. Just be sure that these opportunities are truly opportunities for them to succeed on their own. A helping hand is fine, a bit of encouragement is fine, but we need to figure out how to do some things on our own to build a healthy sense of self-worth. So how do we increase self-worth and self-value in adults? It's a little bit trickier to increase self-worth and self-value in adults, but it's definitely not impossible. Check out the two tips that I talk about in a sec and learn how we can go about it. First, remember or go back early in the episode and check what doesn't determine self-worth. Remind yourself that your bank account, your job title, your level of attractiveness, your social media following have nothing to do with how valuable or worthy a person you are. 
It's easy to get caught up in chasing money, chasing status and popularity, especially when these things are highly valued by those around us, in, you know, by, by society in general. You know? But make an effort to take a step back and think about what truly matters when determining people's worth. It's their kindness, it's their compassion, their empathy, their respect for others, and how well they treat those around them. Secondly, work on identifying and challenging and externalizing your, you know, your, that critical inner voice. We all have that inner critic that loves to nitpick and point out our flaws or our supposed failures. It's natural to let this inner critic get the best of us sometimes, but if we let it win too often, your inner voice starts to think that it's always right. Whenever you notice that inner voice or that inner critic start to fire up with the criticisms, make a pause for a moment and ask yourself whether it has any basis in fact, whether it's being kind or not, and whether it's telling you is something, you know, is that something that you really need to know? If none of those things are true, feel free to tell your inner voice to just get fucked. Challenge your inner voice on the things it whispers in your ear and remind it no matter what you do or no matter what you don't do, you're worthy and valuable all the same. So what's the importance of self-worth in relationships? One of the most common mistakes you see people with low self-esteem make is to base their self-worth on one aspect of their lives and often that aspect is a relationship. It's an understandable tendency to let someone else's love for you encourage you to feel better about yourself, but you should work on feeling good about yourself whether you're in a relationship or not. The love of another person does not define you, nor does it define your value as a person. Whether you're single, casually seeing someone, building a solid relationship, or celebrating your 30th wedding anniversary with your spouse, you're worthy of love and respect, and you should take time to practice self-acceptance and self-compassion. This is true for people of any relationship status, but it, it may be especially important for those in long-term relationships. Don't make the mistake of thinking that your partner's love is what makes you worthy of love. If anything ever happens to your partner or to your relationship, you don't want to be forced to build up your sense of worth from scratch. It can make breakups and grief much harder to deal with than they need to be. Although this particular facet of the issue might be enough to encourage you to work on your self-worth, there's another reason why it's important. Having a healthy sense of self-worth will actually make your current relationship better as well. When you learn to love yourself, you become better able to love someone else. People with high self-respect tend to have more satisfying, loving and stable relationships than those who don't, precisely because they know that they need to first find their worth, their esteem and happiness within themselves. Two people who are flush with self-worth and happiness from within are much brighter than two people who are trying to absorb light from each other. So what are the risks of tying your self-worth to your job? Similar to the dangers of anchoring your self-worth to someone else, there are big risks in tying your self-worth to your job. Like a significant other, jobs can come and go, sometimes without warning. You can be let go, laid off, transitioned, dehired, dismissed, downsized, redirected, released, selectively separated, terminated, replaced, asked to resign, or just plain fired. You could be transferred, promoted, demoted, or given new duties and responsibilities that no longer mesh with the sense of self-worth your previous duties and responsibilities gave you. You could also quit, take a new job, take some time off, retire. All these things can be fantastic life transitions, but that can be unnecessarily difficult if you base too much of your self-worth on your job. 
just like I said earlier, your job is one of the things that don't define you or your worth. There's nothing wrong with being proud of what you do, finding joy and fulfillment in it, or letting it shape who you are. The danger is letting it define your entire sense of self. We are all so much better than just a job. Believing that we're nothing more than a job is detrimental to our well-being and it can be disastrous in times of crisis. So what are some activities and exercises for developing self-worth? Apparently there are five vital exercises for developing and maintaining self-worth. Here are the five stages, but there's no need to keep them in strict order. It's fine to move back and forth and revisit stages, you know, intermittently. Number one, increase your self-understanding. An important activity on the road to self-worth is to build self-understanding. You need to learn who you are and what you want before you can decide whether you're a worthy human being. It's recommended the following thought experiment to work on increasing your understanding of yourself. Right? So imagine that everything you have is suddenly taken away from you. In other words, your possessions, your relationships, your friendships, your status, your job and career, your accomplishments and all your achievements. Ask yourself the following questions. What if everything I have was suddenly taken away from me? What if all I had left was just myself? How would that make me feel? What would I actually have that would be of value? Think about your answers to these questions and see if you can come to this conclusion. No matter what happens externally and no matter what's taken away from me, I'm not affected internally. Remembering that this is an exercise to understand yourself better. I doubt many people could have literally their entire life's work stripped away and and be totally cool with it. It's an exercise to help you understand what's important to you. Once you have a good understanding of who you are and what fulfills and satisfies you, it's time to look at what isn't so great or so easy about being you. Ask yourself the following questions. Where do I struggle most? Where do I need to improve? What fears are holding me back? What habitual emotions hurt me? What mistakes do I tend to make more than once? Where do I consistently let myself down? Finally, take a moment to look at the flip side. Ask yourself, what abilities do I have? What am I really good at? Spend some time on each step, but especially on the steps that remind you of your worth and your value as a person. Okay, number two, boost your self-acceptance. Once you have a better idea of who you are, the next step is to enhance your acceptance of yourself. Start by forgiving yourself for anything you know. Think of any struggles, needs for improvement, mistakes, and bad habits you have, and commit to forgiving yourself and accepting yourself without judgment or making excuses. Now I want you to think about everything you learned about yourself so far and repeat these statements. I accept the good and I also accept the bad. I fully accept every part of myself including my flaws, my fears, my behaviours and even the qualities I might not be too proud of. This is how I am and I'm okay with that. Number three, enhance your self-love. Now that you've worked on accepting yourself for who you are, you can begin to build love and care for yourself. Make it a goal to extend yourself kindness, tolerance, generosity, and compassion. To boost self-love, start paying attention to the tone you use with yourself. Commit to being more positive and uplifting when talking about yourself. If you're not sure how to get started, think or even say aloud the following statements. I feel valued and special. I love myself wholeheartedly. I am worthy and capable. Number four, this is all about recognizing your self-worth. Once you understand, accept, and love yourself, 
you will reach a point where you no longer depend on people or accomplishments or other external factors for your self-worth. At this point, the best thing you can do is recognize your worth and appreciate yourself for the work you've done to get there, as well as continuing to maintain your self-understanding, your self-acceptance, your self-love and your self-worth. To recognize your self-worth, remind yourself that you no longer need to please other people. No matter what other people do or say, and regardless of what happens outside of you, you alone control how you feel about yourself. You have the power to respond to events and circumstances based on your internal sources, resources, and resourcefulness, which are the reflection of your true value. Your value comes from inside, from an internal measure that you've set for yourself, right? So take responsibility for yourself. In this stage, you'll practice being responsible for yourself, your circumstances, and your problems. Follow these guidelines to ensure that you're working on the exercise in a healthy way. Take full responsibility for everything that happens to you without giving away your personal power. Acknowledge that you have the personal power to change and influence the events and circumstances of your life. Remind yourself of what you've learned through all of these exercises and know that you hold the power in your own life. Revel in the fact that you've earned a sense of self-worth and make sure you maintain it. So that's it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got some value out of it. And hopefully you'll continue applying some of these techniques to be happier and to feel better about yourselves. Thanks for listening to the end. The support I'm getting from you guys is amazing. I love the emails from people who are employing some of the practices I've spoken about in previous episodes. And I also want to reiterate that all emails are totally confidential. I don't share them with anyone. I don't talk about them with anyone. I don't even talk about them in the episodes unless you specifically say it's okay to do so. But even then, my default response would always be to keep your identity completely confidential. Please continue to rate. That helps to push the podcast higher up the list and make it easier to find. And of course, I can't say this enough. Share an episode link with your friends and family, your classmates or co-workers, anyone you know, if you think they can benefit from the information, or even if you think they might just be interested in this week's topic. If you have a podcast buddy, you might find that the improvements you're trying to make towards an improved life are easier with someone else who's on the same path as you. And of course, you can email me at any time if you have any episode suggestions, if you just want to say hello, or even if you want to tell me what I could be doing better. I'm happy to hear it all, whether it's positive or negative, whatever, it's all good. The podcast email address is improvemepodcast at outlook.com. And as always, try to imitate my blood type and be positive. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
it. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Now, because we live in a litigious world where some people refuse to take responsibility for their own actions and are always looking for someone else to blame, I'm forced to remind you that this podcast is for knowledge and entertainment purposes only. Always consult a qualified professional before taking any health, psychological, pharmaceutical, mental or physical advice. Never rely on information from a podcast.